0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up in Game. I'm your host, Michael, and join with me, as always, is my main
1: man, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good. I am ready to get into our news topics of the week. Right now, I'm actually looking at one of our news topics of the week, looking at some Call of Duty gameplay from a canceled Call of Duty game. It's uh, oh. We'll get into it. It's It's pretty interesting.
0: Uh, but with that said, let's go ahead and get right into it. Here's what's on our docket for today. We'll talk about Xbox potentially moving into an all digital era of the platform, gameplay for a cancelled Call of Duty game from years ago it has leaked online, and as for our main topic, we are once again discussing Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. The game is only days from officially releasing, and we're going to talk about some of the news around the game, whether or not we think it'll succeed and much more. So Taylor, how about you go ahead and take it away?
1: Don't mind if I do, Michael. And real quick, we just want to say that you can find sources for all the topics we're going over today down in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. It's also important to note that you should take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week. Will Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League be a success? That's our big question today. Truthfully We don't know right now. The game has given players, let's just say, mixed signals ever since the first gameplay showcase. Uh, my God, it feels like a lifetime ago, really. But with this being a live service title, there's also a chance we won't know how this game will be remembered until possibly years from now, if if it makes it that long, really. Um... We've seen countless games make the greatest comeback in gaming history. Hell, when this subject comes up, I act like if I don't immediately mention No Man's Sky, then I'll spontaneously combust (laughs) in flames. But in reality, there are a plethora of other incredible comebacks out there in the gaming space, from Sea of Thieves to Battlefront 2, the 2017 one, to Cyberpunk 2077, to even something like Grand Theft Auto Online. Now, that's not the case for every title, though. Some games never made a comeback and failed tremendously from day one, such as Anthem and Marvel's Avengers. So, I bring all this up to basically say, regardless of personal opinions on the Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, the term success is very vague. But it's interesting to me because of that very reason. Will it be a critical success? Will it sell millions upon millions of copies? Can it win over fans with continuous updates that provide meaningful improvements? That's the point of this pre-release conversation today. Furthermore, along with talking about whether or not we think the game will succeed, we're going to be providing our last-minute personal thoughts on the game pre-release. Michael, there's been a ton of drama around this game. Off the top of my head, we've had potential story spoilers leak online. IGN's first impressions that caused one heck of a kerfuffle. (laughs) To put it very mildly. Joker coming back and servers being shut down on the first day of early access because of a bug where (laughs) some players reported, what was it like, having 100% story completion? Without even like starting the game
0: Well, it, it was worse than that uh the game for early access doesn't start until tomorrow. we're recording on the 29th uh, the, the early access is supposed to start on the 30th. Uh, so everybody actually everybody who got the special edition or the deluxe edition actually had the game one day earlier than they were supposed to and so <laughs> and so Rockstar had to take the servers down because it's always online game so Without the online connection, you couldn't even play by yourself.
1: Ah, oh, man, that's absolutely wild. By the way, if you it want to is. hear more about that last story, I'll leave a link to a nerd Satir article detailing it all. Regardless, Michael, where do you want to start with this conversation, man? There is a lot to get into.
0: Yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and start off with what you were laughing about uh the other day when I kept telling you that I was going to get the game, and then I wasn't, and then I might get it, and then I might not. Uh, Taylor, I'm conflicted as hell about this game, man. Like, I want to get the game because I do trust Rocksteady. I do think that they can do something cool with the uh, live service model. I do want to play their story. I do want to play these characters. I want to play as Captain Boomerang and uh, King Shark. But every time I get ready to hit that pre-order button, I see that's $100 to get the early access edition the, the, the deluxe edition i was like i'm not paying hundred dollars for this because i'm not getting anything i don't care about the battle pass token i don't care about the stupid little cosmetics so i was like fine i'll just get the regular game and then wait for the second to hit uh but for some reason taylor every time i look at this game every time i feel like i'm gonna buy it there's something that holds me back and i think that's what's gonna be one of the problems with this game even leading up to launch is that a lot of people are going to be so reserved about this, beyond Anthem and Marvel's Avengers. It's going to be what Rocksteady is doing with the story. Um, it's a good thing you're not on social media. Have you seen the Batman thing?
1: We're not going to get into it. I have seen what you're talking about.
0: Okay. It, yeah, what well, people have seen I, I will be that.
1: completely honest, and I'm going to be up front with everybody. Yeah. My opinions of this game have been clouded. By its story. <laughs> that's, period. I'm that's, that's not saying. Put it. Let me put it. Let me let me put it like this too. I'm not saying oh Taylor looked at leaks or spoilers and he doesn't like it. No, what I'm saying is from the get go, the premise has already had me like I was off put by the premise and everything mm-hmm. about the story to this point and what they've showed, like even the Joker stuff, it just is not my cup of tea. I don't really care for it. So this game right. is already just, it's got a long way to go for me personally, even in just yeah. the story department. And then getting into the gameplay is a whole other ocean of, to me, issues. But uh, hey man, is it an ocean? Yeah. But yeah, that's just for me. Like, we're not going to, don't worry, we're not going to talk any spo- story spoilers or talk about what's out yeah, there on social media. If you do want to find that, I'm sure you can. I'm sure that it's pretty easily accessible.
0: Yeah, if you wanted, if you wanted to find that you would have done it by now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and then I I got a spoil for myself uh, on social media. I saw it. I was like, well, I already and people have been talking about this since the uh before even the alpha. So I was like, eh, it doesn't bother me, and I saw it. I was like, yeah, okay, I see where they're going with this, and that doesn't stop me. I went back, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get this game. I even told Taylor, you know what, Taylor, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to get this game. And <laughs> he, he sent me a GIF of Captain Jack on his sinking ship. And I was like, yeah, you're probably not wrong, <laughs> man. I, I'm probably going to have buyer's regret, but I don't know yet. Uh, but then I went back and I read all the stuff about Killer Justice League. Uh, the always online, uh, how they're going to handle the battle pass. The point that it is going to be a $70 game and it doesn't feel like it should be. And I'm just like, man, everything is working against this game.
1: I think this is a testament to how much you love Rocksteady. Because this game has given you so many red flags that even you, like you are somebody, if you've listened to this podcast, people like You know Michael does not buy $70 games, he doesn't believe in it, he has a (laughs) lot of, to put it mildly, pet peeves, about especially AAA (laughs) gaming, Always Online being one of them, and for you to still be on the fence, I think is a massive testament to how much you love Rocksteady.
0: Yeah, yeah man, I I really want to put my faith in them for this, and like, and for people who are like, oh, it's just 70 bucks, I've done it once. And that was for Ratchet and Clank. Okay. So, like, I, I, I've always admitted that, like, I've done it once. I've dropped $70 uh, for Ratchet and Clank because uh, I, I had the PS5 at launch. So, of course, I had to get one of my favorite franchises on there. And uh, it didn't feel like it was worth $70. Even though I love Ratchet and Clank series, it was like, yeah, this could have been a $60 game. This isn't worth 70 And yet, it's just looking at something like Justice League, I'm like, man. As a streamer, I can see this being kind of cool because I can have this whole thing to where I can uh, play the game with chat. That'd be kind of cool. But then I was like, how often is that going to happen? Like, I tried playing that last one, uh, Arkham Knight, and it was just such a bore of a game to play. And I kept getting those vibes with this one. I was like, well, this one's definitely more fast paced. It's rock steady. So, of course, the combat's going to be fun. But then I was like, you know what they don't show? The mission structures. Like how many of those, we talked about Anthem earlier. How many, how many of those is like Anthem where they sh- in the trailer, they show you all the cool stuff. But in the actual game, it's 10 missions of standing in this one spot while this whole thing glows and you, and you fight off waves of enemy. And how much is escort this drone to this spot or something? It's like, we don't know the mission structure. Um, but I do like that they are adding new characters and episodes that they call them for free. All right, that's cool. All right, cool. Uh, the battle pass is only cosmetics. That rubs me the wrong way because as I'm not even old school gamer. I can't even call myself that, but now I guess I am. I, I guess
1: that's where we are now. Uh, as an old school gamer. Whoa! Don't let I me like, into this. You are on the older side compared to me. Like I would consider you to be a <laughs> boomer gamer. All right. Damn. A little oh, too far. Oh, okay. A little too far. I'm sorry.
0: I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay, boomer. Uh, but yeah, like I, I still love the idea of being able to unlock alternative costumes and stuff, especially yeah. with how cool they're making the in-game sounds. Like, okay, there's there's alternate Earths. Like, it's not it's not just gonna be Earth One. You're gonna go to different Earths, and that's how they're gonna explain the whole new members of Suicide Squad. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool.
1: And not to cut you off, but this is how Joker is being yeah. introduced. And although I yeah. do not like adding the Joker back to the Arkhamverse period.
0: Oh, you know why they did it.
1: It is something that, like, okay, it is new content that they are already ready to release. Like, for a live-service game, you need that post-launch content kind of ready to go.
0: Yeah, which I hate. That's just one of the reasons I I don't like live-service, because it felt like they have to hold things back in order to drip feed it. But with this one, it seems like Rocksteady... Actually, took the time to make an actual end game to create content. So that way, if you finish real quick, you're like, yeah, yeah, I still got some stuff to do until March. And if you're like me, you take things slow. It's like, oh, I'm gonna have stuff ready to go by the time I finish the end game, and it's not gonna cost me anything. That's pretty cool. All right, um, but it kind of feels like that Joker's like the imposter, the imposter Joker. Uh, for anybody who likes DC imposters. Um that was actually kind of I, I thought that was kind of cool idea and concept. There's even a game for uh art for uh for in the Batman universe where there were a bunch of fake Batman and a bunch of fake jokers. Uh but you know, that's I'm I'm I digressed.
1: I think they said in the little showcase for it and please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I believe they said like this is Joker who was in his universe's Suicide Squad, but he yeah. wasn't Developed to the point that where the Arkham Joker was. Like, he wasn't this yeah. legendary supervillain yet. And I will say, again, don't like the Joker being in the game. But that is a kind of cool idea. I-, I gotta give it up whenever yeah. there's an interesting concept there. I don't know about the design of the Joker <laughs> in the game, but how they're doing the introduction even though it's not my cup of tea, it's one of those things that's like, all right, I'll give you that. That, that was all right. At least it
0: makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. you and I were talking about that uh, last year. We're like, how are they going to all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, these new characters are all of a sudden part of the Suicide Squad. Deadshot. shot the Suicide Squad is that they die. Yeah.
1: Deadshot is in Arkham City. And just going to be honest, he doesn't look like the Deadshot in the Suicide Squad game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, yeah, they right, explained that just, like, too. With uh Yeah, it's like two different the, Yeah, no, the Dead Shot in the Arkham City is not Deadshot.
0: Oh, he was an imposter?
1: Yeah, an imposter deadshot. So oh. that again, they're having to basically fix some problems and retcon some stuff to make it fit in. And to kinda get into my take on this, since we're getting into personal opinions first, uh getting into pre release, I just I'm not into this game. I'm I've tried. I've tried my best. I just... I can't get into it. It feels like this game tacked on its Arkhamverse to Suicide Squad, Killer Justice League just to get more eyes on it. Or maybe it was like WB wanted Rocksteady to do that and it wasn't originally supposed to be because there's a lot of retcons they're doing here. And there's a lot of things about the whole game that I'm like, this is set in the Arkhamverse... It feels weird after Arkham Knight how this is the first time we're seeing Batman since Arkham Knight. Considering the way that game ended to this game. And just the way it all goes. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like they don't acknowledge it. They acknowledge it's in Arkhamverse from the clips I've seen quite a few times. But it just doesn't feel organic. So I wonder how that came to be. If that was something Rock City always planned to do, if WB made it a mandate. And also, it just. I, what David Saslov has said, the boss over at Warner Brothers, has really rubbed me the wrong way. How he just wants to use his <laughs> all of these IPs, and we want to make more live service games, and none of it comes across like we're just trying to make a good game.
0: I mean, Rocksteady is also trying to make a good game.
1: Like, I, I know Rocksteady, try. like the developers are going to try their asses off to make this game as good as possible. It's just from the jump, it feels like this game was created not by a developer or a group of developers wanting to make something good. It feels like it was created in a boardroom with somebody writing on a chalkboard or a whiteboard. How do we get money from people? That's what it what feels service. like. It doesn't feel like an idea created from creativity. It feels like an idea created from just trying to squeeze as much money from a player as possible. And that, at its core, is this game's problem to me. And that partially, not the game's fault, it's also WB, because WB has hurt its brand to me over the past few years. And David Saslov has been a huge part of that here recently yeah so it's not like i'm not blaming this on Rocksteady's studies for a point and the sad part is is if this game does end up being a flop they're the ones who are going to get the heat
0: exactly the thing is this wasn't originally Rocksteady's game first it was uh another studio's game and yeah. it was taken from them and given. we talked about this
1: a few weeks ago didn't we with the, the superman thing yeah we thing. did yeah cuz that was the big rumor going around for years and then Jason Trier came out and said no uh Rocksteady was never working on a Superman game. Yeah, they were they they were forced to do this one. They were working on a multiplayer IP that it seems like that was turned into Suicide Squad.
0: Which is just so maybe it was something that they were working on like in the Arkham universe kind of like uh Arkham Knight. I mean uh yeah, Arkham Knight Maybe they're doing something slightly similar, but something different. Who knows? Rocksteady makes some cool stuff, so again, I still put my faith in
1: them. See, that's why I'm conflicted, man. Because I love Rocksteady. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm conflicted. It's also not <laughs> the same Rocksteady that I love, and that's just it's, it's that's not. how it is. Like people will go, like, "Oh, it's not the Rocksteady you remember. It's not the old Bioware you remember. It's not the old." dice that you remember. Yeah, it's not. That's how life works. Like people move on to go do other yeah. things. There's new talent coming in. Maybe that talent's worse, maybe that talent's better. Who knows, man, but that's how it works. So yep. it's not the rock steady that I grew up with.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's just the thing. People in the gaming industry uh when they're not getting laid off, they're always moving on to other projects before we get our hands on like the current one, uh, so many times that we hear about, oh, yeah, the lead engineer is now doing this. It's like, well, yeah, because the foundation has been put down and now there's somebody else who can take over why this person le- leads in the next big game. And uh, with this with, with this Suicide Squad game, I know people will be like, oh, it's not like Arkham Asylum. It's not like Arkham uh, uh, Dark Knight and uh, Arkham Dark Knight. Like, Gotham Knights and all that. It's like, yeah, it's supposed to be its own thing. That should be a good thing. That should should be what you want. You should want this to be its own thing, to feel different from the Arkham Trilogy. Or, I guess, man, what would you call it? Because, well, they they call it a trilogy, even though there's four four. games in a trilogy. Yeah. (laughs) But Rocksteady still calls it a trilogy.
1: Yeah, I guess they have a trilogy, because they didn't make Arkham Origins. but Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. We love Rock City, but it's not the same Rock City we remember. And yeah, the the expectation should be this needs to be a good game. I'm not trying to say we need to lower expectations either. But I'm also conflicted because I'm like, I want this to succeed because there is an audience for live service. I've talked about several times on this podcast how I get into live service games like The Division 2 or Destiny 2. Or even GTA Online, right? Like I, I was oh, recently much, was yeah. playing that, like, and I was having a great time. There's an audience for that, and I've had a lot of fun in live service. I think you can do it right, but man, it feels like one of the biggest hurdles for live service games is I never fucking learn from each other. And it it's honestly <laughs> you want to pull your hair out sometimes when you're looking at it and you're like, Why did you not did you not say what Avengers did? Don't do what they're doing. Don't do what Anthem's doing. Anthem, like, you can go back and look at how that game was made. It's so mind-boggling. And it feels like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League from pre-release and everything we've seen so far. I want it to find an audience, even if it's not for me. I want it to find an audience. I want it to help the live service genre because, like it or not, it's probably never going away. So it might as well freaking improve and get better and less predatory, even though that last part is not going to happen because execs are going to want their money. So at the very least, I want it to do better. But then I look at stuff like W. P. like I mentioned before, I look at what this game is at at its core, and it's hard for me to root for it, <laughs> you know? so i'm very conflicted i want players to play this and have a great time but also at its core for what this game feels like it was made for i don't know man
0: yeah that's the problem with this game like it's just you have to try to talk yourself into thinking that okay this is going to be a game worth it Uh you know you should just be either excited or not there should be an in between but for this game because it is Rock Stadium, because it is part of the Arkhamverse that they built, you are kind of like in the middle where you're like, man, I do want to support this, but the same time I don't. I don't know if it's worth $70. And at the same time, uh, because it's a live service game, uh, will the battle pass be worth it? Will the future episodes be worth it? How often are they going to be updating the game? That's one of my problems with live service games, is every time I try to play either Fortnite or even Overwatch 2, there always seems to be a daggone update. Not as bad as Call of Duty, mind you, but oh my goodness. And I feel bad for anybody who's going to play this on a PC. WB ha- does not have the best uh, PC ports in the world. So who knows how many patches and hot fixes are going to be needed for this
1: one. By the way, you, you mentioned Call of Duty. Call of Duty is a $70 live service game. A $70 annual release <laughs> yeah. live service game. So I mean, yeah. you can throw them in there if you want.
0: Which, which, by the way, uh, I haven't bought a Call of Duty game since the uh, uh, re-release or remake of, of Modern Warfare 1. So, that goes to show you just how much I hate live service games and the downfall of that kind of stuff for me.
1: But getting back to Suicide Squad, Kill of Justice, like you were talking about the Arkhamverse. I think this is one of the worst decisions they made in the game. Is it set in Arkhamverse. Really? Because we talked about expectations. Yeah. You're setting expectations. as soon as you say this takes place in the Arkhamverse, you set expectations on the game. Now again, maybe this has maybe this was from Rocksteady, maybe this was from WB, I don't know. But as soon as they said this was in the Arkhamverse, I feel like you put this game on a pedestal that it could get easily pushed down from.
0: Hmm. Okay, so here's okay, so here's my question to you too before we move on. Uh, do you think Rocksteady will actually be able to keep up with support on Kill the Justice League for years to come? Like, is this isn't going to be just some one or two years things to be done. Can they pull a Ubisoft?
1: I think it's going to entirely depend on how this game performs at launch. It has not had the greatest start in early access, <laughs> to put it mildly. Yeah. But when the game officially yeah, launches... people are already getting their hands on it. It's going to really depend on can it get that audience that likes the gameplay loop because I think the story is not going to do it. Really, you don't think so? I don't think so. I'm not talking again, I'm not talking spoilers, I'm just talking generally. I don't think the story is going to do it because there's also the growing trend of people tired of the multiverse and this game. Is gonna, I have a it's feeling gonna go it's going to lean, lean hard. heavily into the multiverse yeah. by the end game Yeah, and I'm not sure how well they're going to do it so I think it just is going to depend can it be good enough uh stable wise at launch so people can play and can people latch onto yeah. the gameplay loop and get into the end game can the end game keep people attached that's the big right. thing to me I don't think this game will that's my prediction Mm.
0: Okay, uh, did you see episode three of the uh dev, vi- dev videos uh for Suicide Squad?
1: I did not. What was it about?
0: Was it wait, okay, was it so the
1: multiverse talked, and Joker stuff?
0: Yeah, they okay, about yeah, that. they yeah, talked yeah, about that. I did okay, okay, so they explained that it's going to be the multiverse thing is going to happen because of Brainiac. Uh, so it's like, okay, so that's going to be part of the so the multiverse thing is actually part of the story. So it's not something they just tapped on there. It's actually something that they're like, okay, the reason that you get the other Joker and other versions of the Suicide Squad is because of the main story. It's like, okay, that's cool. It actually connects to each other. So whatever new episode we got, that's the thing we thought at first. was like, are, you, are we going to replay the whole game with a different member of the Suicide Squad? But instead, it's you're going to different versions of Earth. Uh, you're fighting different versions of Superman and Batman. You're fighting different versions of Brainiacs, like oh, okay, so we are gonna do repetitive things, but it'll make more sense because the universe is gonna to belong to that new character rather than the four that we got in the original version. It's Like, okay, that's kind of cool, I can yeah. accept that, but I'm like you, it's like okay, you guys are going with the multiverse thing? Are you guys gonna have are you, are you guys gonna use Flash for like a Flashpoint kind of deal or like what what is this thing? Are we gonna meet a Dark Side 2. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing if they're going to do more than just that version of Evil Justice League. If they're going to do, like, oh man, we have a version of, uh, of uh, Young Justice League or something like that. Or, or, like, or even the Teen Titans to probably make an appearance.
1: Well, you bring all that up, and I'm glad you did because there are exceptions right now, I think, to this trend of people being tired. This I, I don't mean to keep saying trend. It's a multiverse fatigue, is really what it is. Because P- this idea got oversaturated in Hollywood, Marvel's still pushing it as the multiverse saga. We got a, and but again, there's exceptions to this to where movies that are doing it very well and have fantastic stories that are pulling it off. For example, we the two animated Spider Men across the Spider Verse into the Spider Verse and also uh, everything over all at once.
0: Which was awesome.
1: Fantastic movies. They do the multiverse very well. In terms of video games, there's many examples of the multiverse working in video games. And I think a recent example, although the game leaves a lot to be desired from people, one thing that was widely praised, at least to my knowledge, widely praised about Starfield was its endgame and how they did New Game Mm. Plus and I'm going to kind of talk spoilers here, but the game's been out for months and it's such a big deal, is using <laughs> the multiverse in New Game Plus was a really good idea for Starfield. It made every time you go into a new world just a little, you might see a little deviation. Every time you go into the uh, Constellation, safe house, wonder what's going to happen there because you might get a different introduction every time you might have a different right. scenario happening to where members of Constellation are already dead by the time you get there. Or like, instead of the Constellation members, it'll be, uh, little kids playing as like acting like the Constellation members, like little stuff like that. That is really cool. And I think you can do something really cool like that with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice Like It's just whether or not Rocksteady can pull it off. And whether or not they're going to get the chance to pull it off. Like, that's the problem with these live-service games. While, yeah, they could work so well and you can make a lot of money off it, it's such a fucking massive risk that I'm surprised these companies <laughs> make it. Like, make so many of them. Like, <laughs> it seems like so much less of a risk to just do something like a single-player action-adventure game with a superhero. Instead, doing this big spanning, spending millions upon millions and millions of dollars on this live service to try to get all that back with years of content, when your game could very well be dead within the next month and a half. And I'm not trying to hate on this. This game's not even out yet. I'm not trying to say this game's going to be dead on arrival. There's a chance this game is fantastic, and it has a long lifespan. There's also a very good chance this game is dead in a month and a half.
0: Well, the thing is, is because they look at Destiny Two and they look at Fortnite and they're like, "Oh, oh, it it can work. You can uh, keep it going." I mean, heck, look at For Honor. I I didn't think Ubisoft's For Honor game was going to last this long. Uh, I thought I thought it'd been I thought it would have been dead after the first year, but apparently, there are people pretty still hardcore about that. Uh, but I think the WB's thinking is. Because it is superheroes and it is the DC universe, uh, or at least the Elseworld uh, thing that they're doing, uh, I think that they're just betting on younger kids to get into it more than just you and me. Uh, the kids who just started getting into the Flash or Superman and stuff like that, who are used to the free to play models, you know, they're used to the Fortnites and the Destiny 2s. Uh, they're used to like oh battle pass that's not a big deal it's only cosmetics I don't mind spending ten twenty dollars for that. Uh, they're used to the whole game updating every few weeks kind of deal. You and me not so much like we find it annoying. We deal with it but we find it annoying. But I think they're banking quite literally on a younger, more tolerant audience.
1: Yeah, I guess it's just this game. We said it weeks ago, right? We were like, whenever this game comes out. It's going to be the talk of the gaming industry for the next few weeks. It just is. It's one of those kind of games. It's such a big release that regardless of how it goes, it's going to be the talk of the gaming industry. Now, granted, Power World came up out of nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We didn't see that one coming. (laughs) We'll see how long Power World also stays up in the top of the news chains. But Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to be at the top of a bunch of websites including the thenerdstache.com so I imagine like this conversation is going to continue on for us for quite a while but man it's, it is going to be interesting to see how this game goes but before we move on we have our poll of the week here was our question quote, would Suicide Squad kill the Justice League only days away? How do you think the game will perform? Furthermore what do you think are the pros and cons of live service games? End quote. Danish Talif said, quote, "Hey Taylor, interesting question. Here's my long-winded, overthought response. Rocksteady is one of the best video game developers out there, but this is clearly a game based on industry trends instead of creative pursuit like the Arkham series. Side note here, I mean." <laughs> That's exactly what we were talking about here, Michael. Uh, But continuing on to what Dana (laughs) said, quote, But still, I think financially the game will be relatively okay at the start. But as time goes on and the opinions start floating around, the game's long-term value will start to dwindle. Live service titles can be awesome. It just depends on who's playing. They provide a lot of bang for your buck because you could spend a lot more time in a live service game compared to a single player one. With that being said, I really don't think the switch to live service title was sensible. The Batman series led to led the industry at one point, and now the devs are forced to just follow trends. And look at Spider-Man 2. The game was the fourth best-selling game of 2023. Clearly, there's a ton of demand for good single player superhero games and Insomniac learned a ton from the Arkham series in the first place. To be honest, the co-founders of Rocksteady leaving the studio and forming their own says a lot about how much they believe in Suicide Squad, end quote. Tristan Zeldin said, quote, I think it will find an audience. The Avengers was a failure on all fronts, but there were people who still played it. Looking at the state of the genre, I don't think Suicide Squad will, be, will last in terms of whatever plan Rocksteady has for its life cycle. I know it is not supposed to be completely a live service game, but it having these same elements does hurt it, as it is not what people want from Rocksteady, and the viewpoint of games as a service is radically changed in recent years. I think it will last for a bit, but it will have a very public, slow death like Avengers. An Avengers case would be the best case scenario because we have seen big games as a service titles die very quicker than that. I do hope it is better than we expect and that it finds an audience. It is not my thing. I would prefer a Suicide Squad game that is more like Arkham or Guardians of the Galaxy. But like any game, I hope it finds an audience and people can find the good in it. End quote. Yeah, I feel like Danish and Tristan both just echo a lot of stuff we said. Um anything to add on before we get out of here and move on to our other stories of the week. Uh no. I, I like
0: that the writers are a little more optimistic than we are, uh just a little bit.
1: It's generally <laughs> generally the same sentiment.
0: No, yeah, no, it is. Uh I like that Tristan's like, yeah, it'll find an audience. <laughs> it's not gonna be me, but it'll find <laughs> it'll find an audience. But, yes, yeah, so let's talk about our other stories of the week. Is Xbox going all digital? Xbox recently laid off more than 1,900 people in their gaming departments. In a statement to the staff, which was viewed and shared by IGN, head of Xbox Phil Spencer said, quote, it's been a little over three months since the Activision, Blizzard, and King teams joined Microsoft. As we move forward in 2024, the leadership of Microsoft Gaming and Activision Blizzard is committed to aligning on a a strategy and an execution plan with a sustainable cost structure that will support the whole of our growing business. Together, we've set priorities, identified areas of overlap, and ensured that we're all aligned on the best opportunities for growth. As part of this process, we have made the painful decision to reduce the size of our gaming workforce by approximately 1,900 roles out of the 22,000 people on our team. The gaming leadership team and I are committed to navigating this process as thoughtfully as possible. The people who are directly impacted by these reductions have all played an important part in the success of Activision Blizzard, ZeniMax, and the Xbox teams, and they should be proud of everything they've accomplished here. We are grateful for all the creativity, passion, and dedication that have brought to our games, our players, and our colleagues. We will provide our full support to those who are impacted during the transition, including severance benefits informed by local employment laws. Those two roles will be impacted, will be notified, and we ask that you please treat your departing colleagues with the respect and compassion that is consistent with our values. Looking ahead, we'll continue to invest in areas that will grow our business and support our strategy of bringing more games to more players around the world. Although this is a difficult moment for our team, I'm as confident as ever in your ability to create and nurture the games, stories, and worlds that bring players together. Signed, Phil, end quote. Oh boy. Along with this, Blizzard Entertainment President Mike Ybarra, I'm, I hope I got that right. I think nailed it. Announced, I hope so. Uh, announced he was leaving the company. His replacement is former Call of Duty and NFL exec Johanna Ferris. Well I hope I said that one right. Who was just announced as the new Blizzard Entertainment president hours before we recorded this very episode. layouts are absolutely terrible and they are sadly becoming more and more frequent, not just in the video game industry, but in the tech industry as a whole. As always, we hope everyone impacted by the layoffs lands on their feet as quickly as possible. There was a lot to get into regarding what departments were affected by the layoffs. Jess Corden, the editor over at Windows Central, had this to say on X slash Twitter. Quote, Microsoft has also shut down departments dedicated to bringing Xbox games to physical retail, which if you've seen the digital-only Xbox console leaks, well, you can get an idea of where Microsoft is going here, end quote. Corden would also go on to say, quote, Note, reducing retail teams doesn't confirm Microsoft is quitting physical retail for Xbox games yet. They can outsource and might be consolidating there, end quote. Very great point by Corden there, but it does beg the question, will Xbox be the first of the three major console platforms to ditch physical retail for their games? As Corden inferred, nothing is is set in stone here. But we've been hearing and talking about Microsoft's scrap plans during the whole Activision Blizzard deal fiasco. Xbox has also never been shy, even if they should have been, in making unique decisions. The initial Xbox One reveal and the Kinect comes to mind for that immediately. So Taylor, what is your take? Do you think Xbox
1: is slowly moving towards being an all-digital console? This is just my gut feeling. Um, first off, by the way, I, I do want to echo what you said. I hope everybody impacted by the layoffs lands on their feet as quickly as possible. Uh, and just like you said, layoffs are absolutely freaking horrible, and it's becoming a growing trend and a very concerning trend in the tech industry overall and also in the video game industry as well. But just all over the place in the tech industry. That includes, to me, the video game industry. Um, but as for the question you asked here, do you think Xbox is slowly moving towards all digital console? I think they are, and I think they're moving towards no more physical disks long-term. I think this is the direction that they're going in. Um, I know that is very divisive. I know that a lot of people are going to be pissed off if they do that, but it's exactly what you're saying at the end. Like, Xbox has never been shy about making these kind of decisions. And I know the Xbox, the two examples you shared, the Xbox One Reveal and on the Kinect, are two things that they've done that have been, like you said, unique to say the least. <laughs> and at the same time, this is another one of those. Like, I could see that being something they do, they're the first ones to do. It seems like that's where they wanted to go back in 2013, was in that direction. But long-term, I do feel like we're going towards an all-digital Xbox. I'm not just saying like, oh yeah, an all-digital Xbox console, and then there's still the one with the disk drive. It feels like long-term, we are going towards Xbox is going to be a digital-only console. Which I feel like, not me personally, but other people are going to be very upset about it. And I get you if you are. Michael, what's your take on it?
0: Uh, I could see them experimenting with it, with having an all-digital console uh, in aspects of maybe like uh, the NVIDIA G-Shield or something like that, or even the Steam Deck. I could see them moving into something like that, probably, uh, because their Surface tablets actually sell pretty well, so I can see them pushing people more towards the Microsoft side of things. Like, oh... Uh, Get a Microsoft uh Surface tablet and get a year of Ultimate a game a Game Pass Ultimate or whatever. Uh, they are moving their games onto Samsung smart TVs. Uh, they're pushing it on phones. Uh, the iOS is getting uh a native Game Pass app soon enough. Uh, now that certain rules over at Apple has changed, and of course you can get it on your PC. I'm sure they want to put it on your Mac. I'm pretty sure they want to put it on your. Your Samsung phone, uh, it's they they want it everywhere.
1: They've already had all digital consoles in the past.
0: They've done all digital, yeah. But I think now, like because they are pushing uh, for something like that, I think what they'll do is they'll do an initial release of only digital Xbox console, only digital, and then have like a special edition version uh, in later in like within a year or so. That's like, bam, here's your physical with discs kind of thing. But I don't know how that would work. They want to be the PC. That's the problem. Uh, Xbox wasn't moved towards the PC where you used to have a cool collection of uh, Warcraft boxes and stuff that people collect uh, and and have it with their PC. But now you just, they want to be Steam. Just download from Steam. Uh, I think that's what we might see. The Xbox app. It's going to be another Steam ser- uh, server. It's just, it's not going to be the Xbox console. It's going to be Xbox, that, the gaming app.
1: And the console's just going to be the thing that has the Xbox app on it for you.
0: That yeah, that just has the app, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're, we're saying by the Xbox app, just what it is now. It's just, Michael's trying to all encompass it and make that comparison to Steam. I see where you're going with it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because the Windows Store is not it. Oh my goodness, the Windows Store is awful. Yeah. But I think they'll try to make a more native Xbox
1: gaming app. Jess Corden was right when he was talking about like uh, reducing retail teams doesn't confirm that Microsoft is quitting physical retail. But it feels like there's so much smoke behind it. It seems like they're cutting down. Uh, yeah. It, it, it... At the very least, it seems like we're getting to that destination. I'm not saying we're at the finish line and we're going to be done with physical games for Xbox in the next year. Oh, no, no, no. But it feels like we are on that road and Xbox is committed to that road.
0: Uh, To be honest, I think we've already started Uh, with Ubisoft. I think the CEO was saying that gamers need to get used to not owning their games to Xbox really pushing uh, Game Pass and like, oh, yeah, we we want it in the cloud. Michael spent a lot of money for their cloud infrastructure. Uh, so you better believe they're gonna try to push that. They're probably gonna try to push it with uh Windows 365. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, with everything that's been going on, I can see I can see them doing kind of like a Steam Deck kind of deal to where instead of like building a full blown console, it might be something a lot smaller because the series has sold so well for them that I can see them going with the cheaper option. It might become like Nintendo, where it's not as uh, as big as the other as the other uh, heavy hitters, but it's still big enough to where it has that loyalty and that branding and that uh player
1: space. So, if Xbox does go all digital, how would you feel about it personally? I'm done. You're done with it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm,
0: yeah I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm done. Now, I will be one of those people who will still have uh, Game Pass Ultimate, and I will just play it on the PC, which is why I hope they would make a better Xbox Gaming App. Uh, and I think that's what they're planning on. They're planning on people like me who's like, okay, you don't want to buy the console. How about the subscription service instead? And instead of you buying our game once or buying our console once, you can just give us money every month, every three months, every six months, every 12 months. Uh, But for the most part, I would pretty much be done with this. Like, wow, you can't just do all digital like that to your player base unless... What they do, and this is how they're gonna get me, Taylor, if they can do this. If Microsoft brings their back catalog digitally to the Xbox game app, then I would be all in. I would be suckered in to where I could play classic Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and Xbox Series S and X games on, on, that, on that gaming app. I feel that would be uh, worth something to me, but at the same time, I'm going, to miss, I'm going to miss not being able to get the uh, uh, Collector's Edition stuff. But at the same time, I'm also one of those people who don't just get one console. I have the Switch. I have the PS5. I have the uh, Series X. And my, the PS5 I have is the one with the disk drive. So I'm st- even though I do mostly buy my games digitally, I still buy physical disks when I think it's cool and worth it. Yeah. How about you, Taylor? Are you, a, are you are you still in? Because I know, I know you're gonna miss your Xbox.
1: Well, <laughs> it, it is funny. Like when I was asking the question, I was just, like, I know what its answer is gonna be. I was barely able to get the question <laughs> out before you were like, No, no, I, I'm done. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, I'm somebody who plays games digitally. I don't have any discs. I understand why people prefer that, and I get the need for that to continue to be a thing. I'm not Mm -hmm. down for this decision. I like it how it is right now to where there's a choice on what you do. I feel like this is the happy middle ground. But at the same time, I feel like the reality of the situation is we are moving towards all digital and I think it's Xbox is gonna take the heat for it if this is where they're going. Xbox would be taking the heat for it. But I have a feeling both Nintendo and Sony are right freaking there too. And I have a feeling that they're gonna be right behind Xbox doing it. I don't think this is just gonna be Xbox doing it by themselves. It just It feels like this is just gonna be an industry thing.
0: Nah, it's gonna be a damn shame. Oh man, alright, so moving on to our next story, which actually Taylor, I know it's not on our uh deal, but this is something that just popped up for me and is somewhat relevant to what we're gonna talk about. But let's get to the main thing right here. Gameplay of cancelled Call of Duty game from Neversoft has leaked online. For this last story, we're going to read from the Nurse Dash and poll questions and three Danish Talifs. And I hope I said that last name correctly. Is it Talif
1: or Talif? I pronounce it Talif, you pronounce it Talif. Danish, if you're listening, please tell us. We tried. Please let us know.
0: (laughs) Uh, But based on their article on the story, uh, quote, The Call of Duty series has seen many different iterations over the years, but it seems we haven't exactly seen all of them. A gameplay video of an old Call of Duty game that got canceled has been leaked online. The devs working on the game were none other than the Guitar Heroes devs never saw. An ex-user called Manga Figurines published two whole minutes of never-before-seen gameplay of the game called Call of Duty Future Warfare. It shows a really well-done and admittedly quite polished mission on the moon in low gravity. Having been in a cancelled game, one expects it to be unfinished and in bad shape but this video makes you wonder what a spectacle a game like this could have become. You see some of the gameplay here and a longer video that shows a lot more below. Well, that's on the nursedash.com, uh, so make sure you go check that out if you want to see the video. The multiplayer lead-in uh, in Neversoft, Brian Bright, saw this video and confirmed that this was indeed footage from Call of Duty NX1. Is that what all that NX1 stuff was? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, let me get back to the... Let me, oh, wow. I did not realize that's what it was. I thought it was some kind of mod. Okay, well, let me get back to the story. And said more about the idea behind it. When Infinity War devs split off from the studio and formed Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment, Neversoft was tasked with making the next game in the Call of Duty franchise. Call of Duty NX1, or Future Warfare, would have been released in place of the underrated Call of Duty Ghost. Oh, my goodness. I
1: don't like how Danish added that i just have to say in place of the underrated like <laughs> underrated <laughs> let Danish, let's keep opinions out of the article all right let's just let's not get crazy here i mean hey plenty of call of duty fans would say i've
0: seen them on my on my twitter uh that they said ghost was underrated we're gonna get so into Danish, this Michael. is it wrong? you were let's hold off let's hold <laughs> yeah. off let's
1: just Let's finish. You're at the end of it. Finish the article and we'll get into okay. it. Okay.
0: NX1 not only had its gameplay stuff locked down, but saw was already done with three whole missions in the game before its untimely cancellation. That's not. But that's not all, as there is an early list of maps as well, which includes some new ones as well as some legacy ones. Although Call of Duty Events Warfare still managed to take the series in the future and didn't entirely fail, it is interesting to think about how the series would have turned out if Call of Duty NX1 or Future Warfare hadn't been canceled, end quote. And before we get into it, because, oh man, Taylor sounds good to go. Here is the exact pose from Brian Bright that Danish was referring to. Quote, this was NX1. After the Infinity War imploded and split into Respawn, Neversoft pivoted from Guitar Hero to make a futuristic Call of Duty game. This mission was on the moon some experiments with low g and was really about the team learning the engine we were making guitar hero games on our Tony hawks pro skater engine prior end quote so taylor did you see the gameplay what are your thoughts on all of this and would you have rather seen future warfare instead of call of duty ghosts our quote-unquote underrated
1: game let's start with that last bit I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't catch the under... I read this before that you read it uh, Read it out for the show. Yeah, I didn't catch yeah. the underrated bit until you read it out. How dare you say Call of Duty Ghost was underrated? This is one of the worst Call of Duties of all time. I know everybody has their own opinions, but come on. Like, Call of Duty Ghost was absolutely horrendous. From campaign to multiplayer. You know what? I will say one thing. Extraction was pretty damn cool. The, the alien it, it was. Yeah. yeah that, extraction that was really awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I, I mean that genuinely.
0: Yeah, I prefer Extraction over zombies.
1: We also got a brand new dog model for Riley, the dog. So, you know what? Yeah. You know purple. what? Yeah. We got Riley, the dog, and we got Extraction. But everything else, absolute garbage. Uh, so would I have <laughs> liked to see Future Warfare in place of Ghost based on the few game, uh, few minutes of gameplay that we saw? Honestly, I'm not opposed. I would not have been opposed to seeing what Future Warfare would have been. Now, granted, this would have been, what, 2012, 2013? This is before Ooh. Call of Duty went on. See, the thing about Call of Duty, right? And this goes with, I think, a lot of what we were talking about with live service. And uh, actually, while we were doing the poll questions, uh, I was speaking with Danish and Tristan about uh, their opinions on it. And Tristan brought up a good point about like live service games have development cycles that when they start, trends start to change. So the game you're going out to make might be good by the time you're starting to make it. By the time the game gets done. Gamers might be onto a different thing, and yeah. I feel like that is applicable to the Call of Duty franchise as well, because there was a time where people were tired of the modern warfare, and oh man, World War Two. We keep going back to these. Like, okay, give us something different. <laughs> we got yeah. Black Ops Two, which I think people were generally were really happy with. It was a nice blend between some futuristic stuff and boots on the ground and. Not necessary, nothing with jetpacks, mind you. So, this felt like the next step in that. And we weren't at that point yet where we were with a run of like Advanced Warfare and then Black Ops 3 and then Infinity War or Infinite Warfare. The were just those games almost back to back to back. I think they were back to back to back, actually. Like, those games coming out ruined that setting. <laughs> for Call of Duty, to where they had to Dang. go like, oh yeah, go back to your boots on the ground. Let's do Call of Duty World War 2. And even that came across as very generic. So yeah, Vanguard? Yeah, well no, uh, World War 2. Yeah, they were later made Vanguard, which is even more generic and worse.
0: I forgot about World War 2.
1: <laughs> yeah, they made two <laughs> World War 2 games. But, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so I feel like that run of futuristic jetpack kind of call of duties that hadn't happened yet and from what we do see in the gameplay please let me know your thoughts michael it looked pretty good i,
0: I thought it was a mod to be honest i wasn't even 100 sure i was like oh okay this is actually a pretty cool looking mod uh yeah man i completely forgot uh, about world war ii and when it comes to nx1 okay yeah it looks pretty cool but at the same time, if that's Call of Duty, I'm not sure if we would have been happy about it at the same time, uh, because it did like it was trying to be uh, the next Modern Warfare. Uh, but I, I guess those are just placeholders, though. But at the same time, uh, because, like you said, Call of Duty was in an awkward place to where, oh, man, we won't boost in the ground. Let's go back to World War II. Now, nah, we still don't care about that okay, well, let's do jetpacks. We don't care about that either. I don't think NX1 would have fared much different.
1: Even if it was the first in that trend, you think it still would? Because, again, this would have came out... In, it would have came out before, yeah. Yeah, it would have came before, out, in 2012 uh, which is after, yeah. I believe, Black Ops 2. I believe that it would be the first game after Black Ops 2.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure if uh, if people would take as kindly to it. Now, it would it be as bad as Ghost? I don't think so.
1: Also, it's coming from Neversoft, which is a studio that is very nostalgic to people.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool and all, but uh, like when you look at it, you're just like, this is where Call of Duty is going? At that point in time, it's like, I eh, don't know if this is where I want my Call of Duty. Uh, I see
1: what you mean. Soldiers in Space. Yeah, I see what you mean, because you're saying like the setting itself might be the cardinal sin. Yeah. And I kinda get what you're coming from. Like I I disagree, but I get where you're coming from with it. Because I look at something like Infinite Warfare, that yeah, the game is not great multiplayer wise. But the zombies of the zombies Infinite Warfare was very creative. And man, I appreciate the developers for doing something new and truly, in my opinion, good with the zombies idea. And then the campaign. Campaign of Infinite Warfare, and we've said it before on this show. Absolutely fucking incredible. I cannot believe it it had no right being that good.
0: Yeah, I felt bad for the writing team because like, oh
1: you're getting all the hate. Do you remember when that it was like the most disliked trailer of all time when that debuted? Yeah. And then the game comes out, and Infinite Warfare truly has one of the greatest single player campaigns in call of duty history. And I would say possibly in first person shooter history. It's really, yeah, man, good. It's, it, it
0: was, it it was a shame to Cause I was like, Oh man, I'm not really enjoying this call of duty, but I like the story. I was like, dang, I feel bad for the writing team uh, because they stepped up. When you, when it comes to call of duty, you don't play call of duty for the story. Uh, Before infinite warfare, they tried, they tried to make a, like, a cool sci-fi story and it was like oh man yeah I feel bad for you guys
1: everybody involved I assume with the single player and the zombies had to be looking at the debut trailer going like god Ooh, <laughs> our game's good though. yeah." please give us a chance yeah. and they had to bundle yeah. it with Call of Duty 4 the, re- uh, the remaster oh the
0: remaster that's yeah. right the where
1: you had to buy Infinite Warfare to get the remaster Oh, man, what yeah. a time. What a time. So, I, we just went down this weird rabbit hole. I mean,
0: I mean, you have to to see what would have been or what could have yeah. been.
1: Like, what? how would that have changed? Like, that is a good point. Like, how would that have changed Call of Duty if we didn't get Ghost and we got Future Warfare from Neversoft? Like, that Does Neversoft become one of the main ones? Like, could they have done it? Like. There's so many what ifs here. Like NeverSoft, if they pull it off, do they become like Treyarch and Infinity Ward, and become a main player in Call of Duty? Do they have their own setting? It's at the futuristic setting. Do we go into this huge trend and people get tired of it? A huge what yeah. if has just been created in the Call of Duty in the history of Call of Duty. Yeah,
0: and that's a real shame, man. Because like we don't know the story for NX One. and It could have been uh, as good as Infinite Warfare story. Like, we don't know, because there's, there's, there's these striking similarities between them. Uh, but NX1, we don't know who the main bad guy would have been. We don't know the full context of the story of why we're in space. It was kind of like a test thing that they were actually pulling off quite well. But yeah, man, I don't know. I don't think gamers would have uh, taken tickets to this one you know, I don't think they would have been as bad as Ghosts, to be honest. But I don't think it would have taken; they would have taken to it as well as they did Black Ops. So I think it's kind of like in between those. I don't think it would have gotten the Ghost hate, but it yeah. would definitely would not have gotten the Black Ops love.
1: Or even the Modern Warfare love, I think Modern Warfare by the oh, end swear, of the oh no. OG trilogy, two yeah. was the peak, and I think three, when it came out, it was a thing where it was pretty mid. Yeah, there there's great bright spots in it, though. Especially with the there story. Is. There's some great bright spots in it, but when you do think about it overall, as a story, as a multiplayer, it does just feel pretty mid, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. Like, it's a surprise that... There's a reason why Neversoft was apparently making Future Warfare. It's... Weird trip down memory lane, I'll say that. So at the very least, nothing really will probably is. ever come of future warfare. A lot of the ideas, I assume, eventually went into Infinite Warfare for Activision. Yeah, because
0: again, there's some, there's, there's, yeah, there's some striking similarities between the two.
1: But at the end of the day, I am glad we talked about this story because we got to go down that rabbit hole of Call of Duty history because it's a, it's a <laughs> franchise that gets made fun of, and I think rightfully so today. And it needs needs some kind of massive change right now, in my opinion. But the history of this franchise... What kind of change can you make? Yeah, it's like when you have that many games, you're going to eventually hit a wall. And they've hit it twice. (laughs) They hit it when they got into this futuristic stuff, and they just hit it again now. So you're going to need to actually innovate. You're going to need to actually get better. Like, you can't just keep doing these crossovers. And I know it's going to continue to sell, but for people to enjoy your game critically and just generally, again, I think you're just going to need to change. And again, you look at something like Future Warfare, it does, that's what I think people are looking for. Like, at that time, from a studio like that, like, okay, that seems new man the
0: first modern warfare pushed call of duty to a whole new plane yeah (laughs) like i think that's what they're
1: looking for now and again that i think it's really cool to go down that memory lane for a franchise that means a lot to me i think it means a lot to you i think for just the gaming industry overall it's a huge player it's one of the biggest games in history of video games and especially first person shooters
0: Oh, most definitely. Yeah. The only game that outdoes that is probably uh, Grand Theft Auto. You know, I think Grand Theft Auto is like the only one that people are like, oh, man, uh, it's one of the most sellingest games <laughs> in the history of video game entertainment in general. Uh, nothing really outshines uh, Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. It's, just, it's ridiculous how
1: well both those franchises sell. But Michael, let's get out of here, man. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can the people find us. Michael, what you are working on? Where can the people find you?
0: I am... Actually, actually I just finished a couple of uh, articles myself, which uh, you can find on my Twitter. Go find me on my Twitter, slash X, where you can see all kinds of goofy nonsense that I do. You can find that when I stream at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. You can also find me on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash foxdaddy. That's F-0-X-D-A-D-D-Y. What about you, Taylor? What are you working on? Where can we find you?
1: As for me, I'm not working on a whole lot other than these podcasts. You could find me in our Discord the link for which is in the description of this episode. I want to thank Michael for joining me. I want to thank anyone for listening in. We will be back next week with a brand new episode.